stress eating, craving, sometimes these things are tied, but sometimes a craving where you're eating a lot of food in a short amount of time can also be due to a nutrient deficiency. So it's important to sort of identify when you're in a moment that feels a binge of eating a bunch of food and usually more fatty, more carby, more processed foods, more sugar. If this is stress eating or if you're starving, if this is a physiological, like your body is hungry and needs food, or if this is a psychological, you're in a bit of fight or flight, you're feeling stress hit, and something that has soothed you in the past is reaching for food. I am so glad you are here. Welcome to the Real and Uplifted podcast with Dorothy. I'm your host, walking you through all things real and unfiltered about being a woman, a mom, a wife, a business owner, reaching your fitness and health goals, whether it is losing weight, gaining muscle, or just feeling your healthiest and best in your body, as well as everything in between. Here to inspire you to make life just a little easier so you can live your dreams and feel uplifted one episode at a time. So let's get started. I am so, so happy you are here today for today's episode. This topic is near and dear to my heart as a recovering stressed addict, sometimes stress eater. I can relate to this struggle and from working with a good number of women at this point, over 200 women, some of them figuring this and recognizing stress eating playing such a role was a big piece of their ability to lose the weight. I have so much good stuff to dive into today, whether you have been a client in the past and heard me talk about stress eating on a group call or with the mini coaching inside of my coaching program, there is bound to be some tidbits of new stuff here today because it is a topic I am forever continuing to research and love on to support the women I work with. We also can always stand to use and hear things again because sometimes it just hits different or we pick up on something else. And if we've never worked together, this could be a key to helping you transform your relationship with food, stress, your body, your life. Like that might sound overdramatic, but honestly, I feel like what I'm going to share today is just so important. And then I have sort of a fun story to share at the end. So the first thing I feel like we need to touch upon is just stress in general. I need to do a whole episode on this, but I still want to do like pull in some actual citing resources for you. And that takes time. So one, stress can 100% affect weight gain. And I was actually talking to a woman just this past week who was talking about her goals. And sometimes it feels like I need to add workouts. I need to change how I eat, but I can't let go of the stress. Like I work a high stress job. I can't let go of that. Like that has to stay. And like you might be in a place where maybe you're ready to explore releasing some of that stress because stress, it can impact weight gain in a few different ways. One, it can increase cortisol, which can cause your weight to spike just because our body sometimes will hold on to more water weight. So not necessarily an increase in fat, but it could cause a spike on the scale. And then that can bring on more stress. And there's different types of stress, right? There's like the long-term stress 
there's constant little things always eating away at us. We're overscheduling ourselves all the time. And then there's also like a short-term stress. Your boss calls you in for a meeting and suddenly there's like this huge project laid in your lap or one of your kids is like really struggling or one of your parents is struggling. Like there's also these like acute stress factors. And then there's also the stress from not enough sleep, not enough food. So there's so many different types of stress in our life and you've got to have ways to manage the stress. Again, this could be a whole nother episode, but I want to acknowledge a few things. One, you need some proactive strategies to manage stress, like your perceptions of an event can sometimes play a role in stress, setting aside some downtime in your schedule, not downtime after you do XYZ, not downtime after you do one more thing, but like make it a priority to have some unstressful time. For me, one of the things that helped me do this the most was like a five-minute meditation. It was a good gateway for me to feel okay doing nothing because I still could feel like, oh, but I'm meditating and meditating is good for me. So whatever it is, maybe it's a five-minute walk in the sunshine. I've also taken to walking my dog who's older and it used to almost stress me out with how slow What used to be like a 10-minute walk around the block is now like a 30-minute walk. And now I'm just like, it's okay. We're going slow here and it is okay to go slow. It doesn't always feel comfortable. Take yourself outside of your comfort zone. So those are some pieces about stress that I just want you to know. Another way that stress really can sabotage our weight loss progress is stress eating, taking in a lot of calories in a short amount of time. Now, I want to say stress eating, craving, sometimes these things are tied, but sometimes a craving where you're eating a lot of food in a short amount of time can also be due to a nutrient deficiency. So it's important to sort of identify when you're in a moment that feels a binge of eating a bunch of food and usually more fatty, more carby, more processed foods, more sugar. If this is stress eating if there's like stress or if you're starving or if you know you waited too long to eat or if you've been under eating calories if this is a physiological like your body is hungry and needs food or if this is a psychological you're in a bit of fight or flight you're feeling stress hit and something that has soothed you in the past is reaching for food, reaching for carbs or sugars or fats. You know, there's a reason we call some of these foods comfort foods because they do feel good in that moment. But honestly, they aren't solving the problem long-term and food, you know, it's not the answer. So these strategies, hopefully you can take them and use them and practice them and they can help you identify a piece one thing you can do and practice and reduce some of stress eating. It's not like I'm going to share these with you and overnight you're going to be like, solve, never stress eating again. But you have more grace and you have the skills and knowledge to get through it. So why these strategies work is because we mostly live our life on autopilot. And if you listen to a previous episode, the one about living reflexively versus living reflectively, and yes, both of those words sound very similar, 
most of us are just reflexive. We're just living on autopilot. So if something happens, I'm thinking of a client and stressful things would happen at work. And she even had a drawer that was like, this is my stress. I realized that I have this drawer and I call it my snack drawer, but it's actually my stress eating drawer. And when something happens at work or people aren't talking to me in a kind way or things happen, like instead of standing up for myself and setting boundaries, like I reach into that stress drawer. And so that identification for her and how she had been just living on autopilot was huge. So these strategies, they cause you to sort of develop an awareness about what triggers it. They provide you some tools and help you understand like your behavior around food. It doesn't define you as a person and it's not how you always have to live. So the word I want you to remember is rain. Let the stress rain down because I can handle it or I'm not going to live like that anymore. Like let it rain over me. And this is an acronym. So R, recognize it, notice it, become aware when it's happening. Two, allow. So the A is allow. I investigate and note, note it, like some notes to make. So I'm going to break down these letters for you, but like acronym, I want you to remember when dealing with stress is rain. So the recognize it is such an important part because again, we live on autopilot. So when you see it happening, when you're like halfway through a bag of chips or a bag of Laffy Taffy, whatever your, you know, poison of choice is for those stressful moments or half a carton deep in ice cream, you know, those like containers of like Ben and Jerry ice cream. And I don't know why, but the top part or like around the edge is always just the best. So it would start innocently enough. It would be like, I'm just going to take two spoonfuls. And it would be like, oh, this is so good. And then it's like, okay, two spoonfuls more, just scooping off just a little bit of that top layer. And before I know it, like I'm halfway done with the quart pint, the smaller size pint of ice cream. Like, please don't let it be halfway done with the quart. That'd be, that'd be even worse. But like it could happen. So recognize it. While you're eating that ice cream, while you're, and it doesn't mean you have to stop right away and like punish yourself. I'm going to walk you through what to do when you do recognize it, but just become aware. Like, I am feeling really stressed out. I'm eating very, very fast. Like, one of the things I do when I'm in the process of recognizing it is ask myself a couple of questions like, oh, am I hungry? Like, do I need, an apple or an apple with peanut butter or a protein shake or a protein bar? Like, am I hungry? Am I avoiding something that I don't want to do? Am I like self-sabotaging because I've been doing so good and now like the pressure of maintaining is bothering me? Did something just happen? Am I nervous about something? Am I anxious about something? Just recognize it is the first step. And then Step number two, allow, this sounds crazy, but give yourself permission to overeat. Oftentimes, we can have so many rules around it, and whether it's a craving because maybe you've cut that food out for a while or it's stress eating, sometimes when you give yourself permission and you say, I can eat this food anytime I want, you're going to crave less. And this feels counterintuitive, but the trick here is, to not go into a state where you're like suddenly like, I can't eat this. I've got to stop eating this. I'm not allowed to eat this thing because then 
what can happen subconsciously is it clicks into like, I better eat it all now, though, before she really takes it away. She's about to make us stop. She's about to make us stop. Get it in quicker. And so when you like recognize what's happening, you allow yourself, you just give yourself permission like, all right, if I want to eat this whole bag, I can. Is that what I really want? Check in with yourself. And if you do and you do it, fine. So be it. Not the end of the world. But if you ask yourself, what do I really want right now? Like, oh my gosh, I want my kids to stop screaming. Oh my gosh, I want five new clients to sign up and I need to write the perfect post. Like, is this food going to get me closer to that goal? Maybe it's even simpler. Like, I just want to feel better. Like, I am just feeling so bad right now and this brownie is bringing me joy. Ask yourself, is this really going to make me feel happier? Listen, this is going to sound crazy and out there, guys, but stick with me here. I love my dog so much. And every time I see her, I'm like, oh, you're the best dog. Oh, you're so wonderful. Like, you're so good. Who's the best dog? You're the best dog. You're so good. And the other day she was walking and she stepped on one of those little prickly briars and lifted up her back foot. And like, she hates it when I have to pull them out. And so she's holding her back foot up and the briars in it. And I like hold her like, and I like as gently as possible, pull it out. And, and she gives a little, yep, and she never cries. Like she barks, but she never cries when she gets hurt. Like you could bump into her pretty hard and she's not, not crying. So I'm like, oh, I'm like, I'm so sorry that hurt, didn't it? You're okay now. You're okay. And I'm like, you know what? What if we could picture God, the universe, angels, ourself, our innermost highest self talking to ourselves as kindly as we talk to our pets. It would just feel so good. Like imagine if every time you looked in your, the mirror, you're like, oh my gosh, you're so good. You're amazing. You're the best Dorothy there is. Wow. Like, or you got, you know, you did something like you're overeating for stress and you're like, oh my gosh, you're having such a hard time. It hurts so much right now, but you're going to be okay. Like we're going to get through this. You're okay now. It's safe. You're going to be okay. Like, so that was a little tangent there. But guys, I want you to like give yourself permission. Don't be so hard on yourself. Figure out what you truly, truly want. Because odds are what you really want has nothing to do with food. And this is just a habit that you've built when you feel stressed out and you have the power to build a new habit in. Go back and listen to how to build a habit to figure that part out. Once you recognized it, you allowed it to happen, maybe you're a little more removed from it. Maybe you go for a walk. Maybe you journal. Maybe you sit and think about it. Maybe you send me a message if I'm your coach. And either together or on your own, investigate it. Give yourself some time to investigate. How did it really feel to eat all that food that quickly? Connect with like how that felt. What triggered you? And how do you want to feel? And investigating it is a super important step to help you have a plan in place for next time. Okay, here's how I want to feel next time when this happens at work. Here's how I want to feel when my kids are yelling and screaming. I want to feel like a safe space for them. I want to feel calm. I don't want to feel triggered. Like, okay, that might not always happen. What work do I have to do? to be able to do that in the future. Like, okay, I need to 
meditate. I need to allow myself to feel emotions so it feels safe for them to feel emotions. If it's work, I need to set some boundaries in place. I need to be okay with telling people no if they give me a deadline by the end of the day and it's Friday. I need to be like, you know, and I need to feel comfortable saying no. If you're a yes, a people pleaser, we're recovering together. Set boundaries so you feel good so this doesn't have to happen again. So investigate what triggered you, how did you feel, and how do you want to feel? And then note, the last part of the RAIN method is note. Once you're removed from it, note it was just a feeling. It wasn't permanent. So often we can be in these states, these feelings, this stress, and it can feel overwhelming. It can feel inescapable. And noting to yourself, like, again, if it helps you, that sort of analogy or metaphor of like talking to yourself as kindly as you talk to your pet, like, it's okay. It wasn't permanent. So here are some strategies. Like, once you're aware of the trigger, you decide what you want to do about it. If it's something you can totally avoid, great. Odds are it's not. Like there are things in life, like if you can avoid it or if you can change your perception, that's the number one thing I would do. Do it. But if it's not, the awareness is important. And then if you still, and if it's something harder to overcome, if you're like, oh, you know what? I just need to be calmer with my kids. And you're like, that's going to take me some practice. That's not like an overnight thing because my kids are causing me some stress. I'm eating. You need to have some strategies in place. So either proactively managing stress with calming your nervous system, scheduling in quiet time, getting some morning sunshine, going for a walk before it gets to that point where it's crazy. So sort of front-loading proactively managing your stress or adding in some mini obstacles like while you're in the stress while you're recognizing it, while you're allowing it to happen, recognize it and you can maybe add a little pause, especially if you're working on changing old patterns, adding in a break, adding in a pause, adding in a, I'm allowed to eat this whole bag, but you know what? I'm just going to like drink a big glass of water first. I'm just going to go pet my dog real quick and then I will be back to you, Chips. You know, (laughs) I'm going to take three deep breaths. I'm going to say, like Alexa, set a five-minute timer. Or Alexa, play calming music for five minutes. And when the time goes up, like I can come back to these chips. Add in a little mini obstacle. This mini obstacle strategy works great for stress eating, but sometimes you're too deep in it to add it. It also works great for cravings or hunger. But sometimes with hunger, again, like I mentioned, it is important to feed yourself. So you can't just be like, I'll just wait another 10 minutes because you're you're going to at some point be hungry and eat. All of this only works if you do it, if you are proactive. And sometimes it can feel like, oh, but to lose weight, I just need the right nutrition plan and I just need to get myself to workouts. But if you notice you're, you know, you're trying to follow a plan and then you're undoing your plan every day around three or you're undoing your plan every night after your kids go to bed and you just have to have like, wine and ice cream and all the food because you're like, you know, you've got to veg out or whatever it is. Stress can so sabotage one, your hormones, all of that, those pieces and just make it an uncomfortable place to live in if you're always stressed. 
but two, it can undo your progress if your habit for dealing with stress has been eating. With the part about note, like noting it, talking to yourself as kindly as you would your pet, you know, give yourself a break, be honest with yourself, be kind. Self-compassion isn't just like ignoring it and being like, it's fine, but it happens. It's like kindness, but also action. The merging of observation and reflection and compassion is where true transformation happens. So it's not letting yourself off the hook from eating that whole bag of chips or half a container of ice cream because shame and guilt has been shown in numerous studies to make us only overeat more. It's being kind and reminding yourself like shake it off in the worlds of Taylor Swift. Recognize if you are feeling guilt or shame like it's oh okay, this is just a feeling. This feeling will pass too. This is, is this feeling even necessary? So hopefully those strategies are some that you feel like would be really, really helpful for you. If you did, I would love it, love it, love it. If you sent me a message, if you are looking for support, of course, reach out about coaching to create a holistic plan focusing on all the pieces to support your hormones, to get your nutrition in check, to get some workouts in there so you're strong and lean and building your best body for your life, not just like a short-lived transformation. I would love to support you on your journey. And then something I am loving this week is a quick story that my daughter shared with me. So her and her classmates are all building these cahoots quizzes where you make a quiz about yourself and then they get to share them with the class and These can be multiple choice questions. These can be true, false. These can be any sorts of questions. And my daughter came home from school. We were writing in the or writing in the car after dance at some point. I feel like that's usually our best talking time. She was talking about her cahoots quiz and like she was going to show me when we got in the house and how excited she was for it. She's like, one of the girls in class today said she was a baddie. And it was a true or false question. And she chose true, but she is, she is not a baddie. And one, I want to reiterate, like she's in, my daughter's in third grade. She's eight, right? So I don't, I don't know what their definition of baddie is. And my definition of baddie, like might be sort of different too. But so in my mind, like, and like, I'll share my daughter's, my, I asked my daughter like, oh, well, what, like, what would you define a baddie? She's like, oh, well, like sort of dark makeup, I don't even remember exactly what she said, to be honest, but here's my interpretation sort of like of what she said with my own bias of like what I think is like, you know, someone just like knows what they want, goes after it. Like you're not going to mess with them. You're not going to like run them in circles. Like they're a strong, independent, confident person. And yeah, they're a baddie. Like they know it too, right? So one, I love that definition. I feel like anyone could be a baddie in a good way, like while also being a straight A student and kind to their parents and, you know, all these things. And, and I asked, I asked my daughter, I'm like, well, are you, are you a baddie? Do you think you're a baddie? And she's like, "Mm, a little, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I feel like, and we sort of talked through like what the definition would be. I'm like, I feel like you're a baddie, but like in a good way, like you're, you also are like respectful and kind. I also sort of said, and this is the message I want to give to you that I am loving and taking for myself as well. The other girl in her class who said like, 
true or false, I'm a baddie, like on her cahoots quiz for the whole class to answer. Like, one, I hope that girl who answered true, I hope she like sticks with it. I hope she is such a baddie that she's like, it doesn't matter that half the class is like guessing false and thinks my answer true is wrong. Like, because when you're a baddie, you don't, it doesn't matter if everyone else knows or thinks you're a baddie. Like, it doesn't bother you what other people think. And you can be constant parts of yourself all at the same time. So giving you permission to be your own inner body, to take on that persona, to get through your day, but also in the best, kindest version of yourself possible. And that's it. I will talk to you next week. If you found this episode fun, helpful, inspiring, it would mean the world to me if you left a review and you shared it with like one friend who might also want to listen. And I will talk to you soon. Thanks so much for listening to The Real and Uplifted Show. Make sure to hit the subscribe or follow button from wherever you're listening. And as always, if you especially enjoyed this episode, leaving a review or sharing with a friend is the kindest way to pass this on and uplift others. If you're curious about anything from today's episode and ready to move closer to your goals, make sure you check the show notes for some fun bonuses. And to continue the conversation, shoot me a message on Instagram or Facebook at Dorothy McGatlin. Talk to you soon.